during COVID, we surveyed our user base and we found out that of our surveyed users, 30% of them reported having no other access to the internet. So this is a lifeline. Today on The Signal, how New York City created an internet lifeline by turning old payphone sites into Wi-Fi hotspots. Hey, this is Martha DeGrasse here again for Wi-Fi Alliance, and this is The Signal, our podcast where we give you the inside track on Wi-Fi. These are meant to be smart conversations with industry leaders, and today we are thrilled to welcome Victoria Lamberth. She is Chief Development Officer at Bolden Networks. Victoria, welcome to The Signal. Thanks, Martha, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes, we're excited about this episode, too. We've been waiting for a while to have you on the show. Now, quickly, in case anyone doesn't know what Bolden Networks is, you are a global provider of neutral host infrastructure in public rights-of-way and in transit systems. Now, today, we're going to talk about part of your infrastructure. That's Link NYC. And this is a project that changed public payphone kiosks into Wi-Fi hotspots in New York. And I think you, Victoria, are one of the first people who conceived of this idea along with the city of New York, right? Yeah, so this is a fascinating project. For those who don't know it, I'll, I'll give a bit of brief history. In 2014, the city of New York came up with this idea to reimagine the payphones across New York City. They realized that they weren't being used to their maximum potential. They primarily were used for advertising. A lot of the coin-operated phones were not well-maintained. They were eyesores. And the city had a vision of improving the infrastructure. And so they put out an RFP and they solicited ideas for what could be done with these structures. And ultimately, the winning idea was to turn the locations into digital communication kiosks. Those kiosks would provide free nationwide calling, USB charging, access to uh, city services, for instance, connecting people with local shelters or where they could reach food, um, digital advertising, and all of it would have high-capacity fiber to these kiosks and free public Wi-Fi. We, as ZenFi, were given the opportunity to provide the underlying fiber network infrastructure and help build out the managed service Wi-Fi network from the beginning of the program. It has been just a unbelievable project to be part of. When you talk about scale, there were nearly... 10,000 locations across the five boroughs, existing payphone locations that needed to be taken out of the ground. And part of the vision is to replace in the first phase, 4,000 of those with these communications kiosks. So that was the idea behind it. Interestingly enough, the funding for the initial rollout of the program came exclusively from digital advertising. And so these kiosks have digital advertising displays, one on each side of them, that are used to fund the underlying infrastructure and the expansion of the network. 
And like many innovative ideas, the idea from the beginning of where those advertising structures could go and the cost to deploy and the revenues associated with it did not match the original business model. I mean, just to be frank, right? Um, No one had ever built a, a network like this before and no one ever had that type of digital reach. And so in 2020, the city realized they needed to come up with an additional revenue opportunity to help expand the program that had been built out to date. So up until 2020, there were about 2,000 kiosks that had been deployed. The program was very successful in terms of usage, in terms of the infrastructure that had been built throughout the city. But there simply wasn't enough of a revenue model to support the expansion of the program to 4,000, which was the original vision. So at that time, we at Zenfi sat down with the city and our partners as part of the Link NYC program. And we said, look, in addition to this challenge that you're having on Link, there's a separate challenge here in New York City, which is there's a real need for wireless sighting. New York City is prime for ultra densification of small cell networks. We are trying to put 21st century technology on 20th century infrastructure and it is not going well, and we need another solution. These structures have power, have fiber. It makes sense to expand them to be suitable for the installation of wireless equipment. Why don't we solve two problems with one? And the city agreed, and fast forward to today, and we have a 32-foot structure capable of hosting multiple wireless providers with all of the same basic city services of the first program that's being uh, deployed across the city. So I, I know that was a lot. I said it would be brief, but I guess it wasn't that brief. <laughs> well, it's not, a, it's not a brief story. It's a long story, and it's very interesting. So how many of the 4,000 are installed now? Just over 2,000 are installed. So there are about 1,800 of the what we call the original Link 1.0, these nine-and-a-half-foot kiosks, close to 1,900 out now. And there's about 100 of the Link 5G kiosks, which are these 32-foot-tall kiosks capable of supporting additional wireless infrastructure beyond just Wi-Fi access points. But all of them have Wi-Fi access points, right? All of them have Wi-Fi access points, and it has been a central part of the program from the very beginning. Not only do they all have access points, but the Wi-Fi is completely free. There's no advertising delivered through the Wi-Fi network. We aren't able or capable of monetizing data from the Wi-Fi network. We don't collect any user information or any user data. So it's truly a free service. And the stat I always love to quote, we have over 15 million subscribers who've signed up on the free network. And to put that in context, there are 8.4 million New Yorkers. Yeah, I was going to say, wait, I think that's more than they're living in New York. Yeah, that's a lot of people. Yes. Some of them are transient, obviously tourists coming in and out. So They are absolutely used. And during COVID, we surveyed our user base and we found out that of our surveyed users, 30% of them reported having no other access to the internet. So this is a lifeline. 
Wow. I mean, it's staggering. Can they use it in their apartments or do they have to go outside to connect or some of both? So it's some of both. It depends where their apartment is um, in relation to the link structures themselves. The link structures, since the original nine and a half foot structures had advertising displays on them, they're only allowed in commercial areas. That's part of zoning in New York City. But we hear often of people who are using Wi-Fi extenders and repeaters to pull the signal off the link. And we think that's great. I mean, we are big believers that people should be using this network. So it's been a really gratifying project to be part of because not only are we building critical infrastructure that's benefiting our customers and expanding our reach here in New York, we're also building infrastructure that's being used as a lifeline to very vulnerable populations. And what generation of Wi-Fi are we talking about? Are you at Wi-Fi 6 with most of these already or not yet? Or So we started off with Wi-Fi 5 and the newer kiosks that are being deployed are all Wi-Fi 6. We have a commitment with the city that we will continue to upgrade and improve the Wi-Fi as technology evolves. So we're just at the beginning part of upgrading that cycle today. Wi-Fi 6 obviously provides faster throughput speeds, more capacity, it's lower latency, improved cybersecurity. So it, it's truly an improvement for the users and on the user experience, which we think is very critical and important. As we build out the network right now, our focus is to expand to areas of the city that have not yet been built out. So if you look at a map where the 2,000 or so kiosks are today, there's probably about 50% of them are based in Manhattan and the other 50% are in Bronx, Queens, Staten Island, and Brooklyn. And that was, again, primarily driven originally by the advertising. So the advertising dollars in the core business districts of Manhattan, and that drove the expansion of the network. Given this next phase of the program that is focused on wireless deployment, it's shifted where we want to go and deploy. So we have a larger demand for siting in areas where people are living. And with a more remote workforce, we have obviously still interest and need directly in Manhattan, but we also have need in all of the other boroughs as well. So our focus is to put new sites out. And so those new sites will all be Wi-Fi 6 enabled. And after we've deployed the new sites, we'll come back to the existing sites that have already been deployed. We'll upgrade those and make sure that those have the great experience as well. But the goal is really to reach as many New Yorkers as possible. So for the new sites, you're kind of driven by where the wireless carriers need to reach customers and you, you're not obligated to go at the site of an old payphone, or you are? So there's a very long list of siting requirements and the focus is putting these structures in areas that previously had payphone locations. That's pretty much every block of New York City. <laughs> And things have changed since the payphones were originally in. So where a payphone might have been, there may now be an outdoor restaurant shed. So we can't put a site there. We'll put it across the street or down the street. We take into consideration 
the existing street furniture and also the existing environment within New York City. So we understand that this is a very visible project. We understand that these are structures that are changing the landscape of New York, and we want to be thoughtful about where we're choosing to put them. So when we are working with our wireless carriers, we work with them on identifying their search ranks, looking for appropriate sites that fit their needs. And then ultimately, we try to optimize around the community as well so that we are not putting a structure in front of some beautiful art installation, for instance, or, you know, something to that effect. Well, and, and I've heard you speak before, and I know that you've worked hard with the people that live in New York and that that hasn't always been super easy, right? The quote I love from Mayor Eric Adams is, there's 8.4 million New Yorkers and 35 million opinions. <laughs> I feel that <laughs> on a day-to-day All right. basis. <laughs> All right. Well, since you brought up Mayor Adams, I know one of the things he did was he made a big change to your internet master plan. I think Mayor de Blasio had a plan to fund companies not unlike yours to build the infrastructure to get everybody connected so that those problems you were speaking about earlier would be less prevalent. And then I think Mayor Adams saw it differently and is wanting to funnel funds towards the end users more, subsidizing people so they can afford whatever is already in place. How does that impact you? How does that impact Link NYC? So it's a great question. And I think at the end of the day, both de Blasio and the Adams administration both have the same ultimate goal, which is connecting the unconnected and the underconnected. And Often people assume that in a city like New York, there is plenty of capacity and coverage and a city like New York is not an underserved environment. Unfortunately, it is. And it's not underserved because there's not access to infrastructure. There's infrastructure in some areas of the city. It's less competitive than others. And there's certainly not fiber everywhere, right? So the type of infrastructure is different, but there is a lack of affordability often, and there's a lack of choice often. And the networks of New York historically have focused on Manhattan because that's where the businesses have been. And people live outside of Manhattan, primarily in New York. So I guess that's all to say as a base that I think both administrations are were really trying to solve the same goal, but as you said, they have a different approach to it. Link sits outside the internet master plan and outside Big Apple Connect, which is Mayor Adams and CTO Frazier's main plans. But we have a similar charter, which is to focus on building out infrastructure in an equitable manner and in a sustainable environment to reach as many New Yorkers as possible. We work very closely with the Office of Technology and Innovation and with Mayor Adams' administration to think creatively of how we can expand that access and make it more prevalent. So I think the way I look at these programs is kind of the same way when we talk about wireless networks around the HetNet, like it's an all, it's not a cherry pick. So we need ACP here in New York. We need Big Apple Connect. 
we need link. And if there's ways to leverage that infrastructure in other creative ways, like, yes, we need that too, because there are simply just too many unconnected New Yorkers and it leaves out a very large population of our residents. And if we want to continue to grow and lead both in this city and and as United States, we have to invest in the underlying infrastructure that allows us to stay relevant and ahead of the technology curve. Right. And, and, and there's also a need to invest in people. And I think you're part of that as well with the Digital Girl Initiative in New York. Can you tell us a little bit about that? That's right. So as part of our involvement in the Link NYC program, we made a commitment to build five in-building what we call gigabit centers off of our network, one in each of the five boroughs. These centers are existing spaces where there is a nonprofit who is focused on providing a community benefit. These partnerships that we develop are with individuals and organizations who really know their community and know what their community need and is able to deliver it. And our job is simply to get connectivity to the building and ensure that there is a public space to allow these organizations to thrive. In Brooklyn, our partnership with an organization called Digital Girl, which is the one you referenced, Digital Girl really personally just became a very soft spot. My heart, one of the founders and executive directors, um, Michelle Gall over there is also a mom. The first time we met, we like bonded over our kids being sick. And she has this organization that is focused on promoting STEM in young girls specifically. And she works tirelessly to make sure that she is providing access to started with young children, but has expanded to their parents and grandparents and community members to make sure that there's this whole ecosystem of support that's encouraging these young women to stick with STEM fields and, and to get excited about it. And it's just been a joy to help not just the infrastructure side of the house and giving them great, fast, free Wi-Fi, but we've also been able to partner and do some fun things like provide them robots for their programming. And we had a women's event with them. So it's been a, a real partnership. Very cool. Very nice. All right. Well, we are running low on time, but I do want to ask you quickly, do you foresee any chance to replicate the Link NYC model in any other cities in the future? We're very much hoping to. I mean, one of my jobs right now is getting out and talking about the program. And I would see any form of imitation of our program as the biggest form of flattery. <laughs> we do have a number of incoming calls from other major cities asking about the program, asking how it's funded. And so I anticipate that this is going to be a model that we see going forward. At the end of the day, us in our role from an infrastructure perspective, we're this really unique environment where we can bring together multiple parties at a city stakeholder level. We can talk to these municipalities about what their challenges are, what their needs are, and use essentially the same spot on the street to solve multiple problems. That's super exciting. It is super exciting. 
Do you have like one primary partner company in terms of Wi-Fi vendor, access point vendors, or do you work with several? We are technology agnostic, generally speaking, and partner agnostic. We do obviously have a partner on on the Link project, but ultimately our goal is to work with the city that we are investing in to identify the best partner and technology partner that works for them. Fantastic. All right, Victoria Lamberth, Chief Development Officer at Bolden Networks. Thank you so much. This has been a great podcast. This was wonderful. Thanks for having me. All right, that is our show. Don't forget to check the show notes for more resources and links to some of the things we discussed today. And be sure to follow The Signal on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music, or at the Wi-Fi Alliance. That's y-fi.org. I'm Martha DeGrasse, here for Wi-Fi Alliance. Thanks for listening, and please join us next time on The Signal.